Welcome to Tea Time with Mary. I'm your host, Mary Jolkowski. I'm a former bikini fitness model turned self-love advocate. And this is the podcast that'll inspire you to love yourself. Hey friends, before we begin, I just wanted to let you know that this podcast episode is sponsored by my favorite books. Not literally, but I did create a book list for you with all of my favorite books for self-love and body image and self-confidence and just overall self-healing and growth. I am a huge personal growth person. And to be honest with you, a lot of the things that I talk about come from the books that I've read. I'm a big reader and I always tell my little sister, readers are leaders. And I love audiobooks. I love book books. I love Kindle. I love all the forms of books. Just give me all the goods. So I decided to create a book list for you with my top 25 favorite books. And I actually add to this list. So there's probably going to be more than 25 books on it. But I have narrowed it down to top 25 books that you need to read to start the self-love journey. I'm not saying you have to read all the books right now, but you should have this list handy dandy for when you're getting a book on Amazon or shopping in your Audible or whatever. So I've created this book list and you can get it at maryscupoftea.com slash books. And I will also put it in the show notes. And let me know how you like these recommendations by screenshotting what you're reading and tagging me in your Instagram stories. I always love seeing you use my recommendations. It just makes my whole day because we're like a little community. So anyways, maryscupoftea.com slash books. Go get it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Mary's Cup of Tea, the podcast. I don't know why I made my voice low, but I'm kind of like emceeing, I guess, my own podcast. Today, I am really excited, hence my babbling, because I have Sierra Schultz on the show. Sierra, welcome. Hi, Mary. Thank you so much for having me. I'm just so excited to, to talk with you. And I look up to you so much and what you do online. And so I'm just thrilled in this age of COVID to have some virtual social interaction with someone who I love so much. You are the sweetest, most authentic person and just such a breath of fresh air. Can I just say that when we were like small talking before we press record, I'm like, oh my God, she's exactly the way she is on all her platforms. And I love that congruency. Thank you. So you're going to make me cry for like a minute and you're going to make me cry. But oh my gosh, I, I appreciate that so much. And that is just the best compliment. It's so true. I mean, you know more than anyone. It's kind of rare. Like, it feels like it shouldn't be rare because all the self-help books talk about authenticity and like be real and all the YouTubers say they're real. But then when you meet them, you're like, oh, you are different. (laughs) Right. Right. And the way I talk about it is, right, when we're making content online, whether it's Instagram or YouTube, that's kind of the equivalent of your, your phone voice. Like when you pick up the phone, you go, hello, and you kind of elevate your voice a little bit. It's not fake. It's not unauthentic. It's just you're a little bit more energized. And so YouTube, mm-hmm. I like to think of that the same way. You know, I don't wake up every morning and go, hey, guys, how's it going? But I am <laughs> trying to be the same the same essence of who I am on my YouTube channel, on my Instagram, maybe just a little, the phone voice, a teeny bit more mm-hmm. energetic. Oh, such a good analogy. Well, your personality shines through either way. Uh, but I wanted to read your bio to anybody who may be unfamiliar, although I doubt there's that many people. But Sierra, <laughs> Sierra Schultz is a social media influencer and she creates fashion and lifestyle 
content across multiple digital platforms. And her focus is YouTube and Instagram. Her YouTube channel, Sierra Schultze, and her vlog channel with her husband, Sierra and Steven in real life, IRL, focus on body positivity, mid-size and plus-size fashion, try-on hauls, brutally honest reviews, recreating celebrity photos, style swaps, relationships, and more. And I kind of consider you like a, a voice and a leader in the body confidence space. Um, and I've personally been following you for a while. And the way that we got connected was I got an influx of DMs of your people being like, oh my God, Sierra mentioned you in a video and I'm here from her. And I just like, I rewatched that video right before we started recording and I started crying all over again because that meant so much to me. Oh, that is so sweet. Thank you so much, Mary. I really do. I mean, I just love what you do. And I think your message is so important. And I, I am so inspired by what you do. And I try to follow accounts who make me feel good about myself and who make me feel confident and powerful. And so it just I love logging on to my feed and seeing your post because it brings me that kind of confidence and inspiration that sometimes I really need. Hmm. It's a love fest. That means the world to me. Thank you. You have over a million subscribers on YouTube and a bunch on Instagram as well. And people are in love with you. I'm in love with you, obviously. Um, But I also want to say that I admire you not only as a self-love advocate and a voice in the space, um, but also as a creator and a speaker and a businesswoman. Every time I watch your videos, I'm like, wow, you are such a clear communicator of a really powerful message, but in a way that's just so relatable, so down to earth, and that people just want to be a part of it because you just are who you are. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like you're trying to be above somebody or below somebody. Cause I know right right now, like there's a lot of trendy stuff about the, you know, self-deprecating humor or like people just trying to be like hustle and grind, but you're just are who you are. And people just love that. And I love that about you. And I'm wondering, like, I think that most people would call you a YouTuber. Is that right? Or how do people I think so? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's my main platform. <laughs> well, what do you identify most as? Like, do you say I'm a YouTuber? Because I know for me, when people are like, "Oh, Mary's a Instagrammer and influencer," I'm like, "Ah, I kind of think of myself as like a writer or speaker, or maybe like a content creator." So I'm wondering, like, what is the word that like makes your heart just do a happy dance? You know, it's funny that you ask that because I think it so depends on who I'm talking to. Mm. Um, I think usually I'll just say I am a content creator. Um, but I know a lot of people dislike the word influencer. And I think that's because the context of that is usually you're influencing people to buy something or do something. But mm. I actually don't mind that word because the way I think of it and with you know the message I'm trying to spread on my channel is I am trying to influence people. I'm trying to influence people to be kinder to themselves and to their body to feel better about themselves to stop holding themselves back and feel like they can be who they want to be and wear what they want to wear. And so that word that so many, I think, influencers push back on of being an influencer, I actually don't mind it (laughs) when it's in that context. For sure. No, I love that. I'm learning to embrace it more, I think. Um, I just do you do you ever feel like it's a little bit more weaponized? Like if if a woman has like a really like powerful platform, then people are like, oh, she's an influencer. But then I can't help but think about like if that was like a man's platform, like what would people call him? Yeah, probably CEO, hustle culture, all right. That. 
But yeah, I, yeah. I, I do agree with you. I think a lot of the times it can be used in a patronizing way, which is why I think it depends who's saying it, how they're saying it, what mm-hmm. they mean. But I do think it tends to be a word that is used primarily for females, which I never really thought about. Yeah, no, it makes total sense that like if we can embrace it, just like with anything, I guess, right? That's so much of what your message is about. It's like, instead of just trying to like change and like bend over backwards for people and like be somebody like on that you see on social media, like if we can embrace who we are fully and unapologetically and add a little bit of spice, excuse the TikTok <laughs> reference, <laughs> then we could just be like so much more confident and so much more authentic. And it creates this like positive loop. In, in our with our mental state and just with who we are in general. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And I think that's what one of the things that is so powerful about social media in that I think we hear a lot about the negative aspects of social media and all the things that can go wrong and how, you know, so much of what you see online is not real and it's making people feel unhappy with themselves. But I think also the opposite can be true depending on who you're following, right? Of mm-hmm. what, and that's why all the time I get people asking like, oh, what's, what's the best thing I can do to love myself more or to be more confident? And it is such a journey. So I really don't think there's one thing. But I think one thing we can all do right now that genuinely helps is just clean up who we follow and look, mm-hmm. really look critically at the influences that we're allowing into our life, whether that's in, in real life and your friends and family or the people who you follow and be like, how are they... How am I leaving their content? How am I feeling when I see their posts? And that's why I I think what you said is 100% it. Yeah. Yeah. I always say like you can't heal in the same environment you got sick. But what people forget mm. is that 80% of your environment is the people you're around. And because yeah. we do spend so much time on our phones and the internet, like the people that you're looking at need to be good influence on you. Right. Yeah. So have you always um, had a YouTube channel with a similar message or was it an evolution? And if so, how did how did that start and come about? Yeah. So when I started my channel, that wasn't really like my mission. I wasn't like, I'm going to start a channel to help people feel more confident in themselves. It was really like, I I was a theater major. I was kind of in this creative rut. And my husband, who was then my boyfriend, was like, you should start a YouTube channel. You know, you love watching YouTube. It could be a fun thing for you to do. And so when I started, I just kind of did a lot of everything. So I would talk about theater. I tried some DIYs. I tried like vlog style videos. And so for my first like six months to a year, it was really a lot of different things. And then I made a, a fashion video. And at this time, I was still very insecure in myself and my appearance and my body. And so I wanted to make this fashion video but it honestly came from a place of me being afraid that people were going to hate on my appearance and hate on my body and my weight and my size. And so I kept pushing off making this fashion video. I wanted to do it, but I was scared. And then I had this idea of, oh, what if I titled it, How to Style a Curvy Body? And so then I'm making it clear from the beginning, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to say that my body is perfect or that my body is this or that you know, everyone is going to look like me. And so I honestly titled it that way out of a place of insecurity. Mm. And what's interesting is that was my first video to really get any traction. I think it got like five or 10,000 views. And the comments were mostly other people saying, I don't really see people who look like me making fashion videos. Thank you for making this. And I also feel like I have a more curvy figure. 
And so I started making more videos about that. And I really like publicly found body positivity and publicly found self-love in -hmm. myself. And so a lot of my older videos, I, you know, it wasn't like a consistent, a, a lot of my old content, I word things or say things in a way that comes from years and years of diet culture in my brain that I was working still to overcome. And so Mm. my, you can see my journey into really coming into myself and accepting myself and saying, you know, F you diet culture, I'm not going to continue this cycle that has Mm -hmm. made me so miserable. And so it was really a journey of, as I was finding my footing in YouTube, I was also kind of finding myself. Wow. And people went on that journey with you. Yeah. Which has been the coolest thing because now it's been, I think like six years since I started my channel almost. And so a lot of, I was 19 when I started, I'm about to be 25. And so a lot of the people who started following me then were also in their teens and also feeling that insecurity and feeling that just self hatred. And we kind of went on that journey together of discovering body positivity and self-love and self-acceptance and now kind of flourishing and in the way, the best way that we can really. Wow. It is so cool to hear that behind the scenes. I would have never known that. I literally would have thought that you like woke up one day and you planned out, okay, what is the Sierra Schultz brand going to be about? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, you know, I wish I had because things would have been a lot simpler and cleaner, but I really stumbled my way into the content that I make now. And Mm -hmm. I, I, for a long time, I struggled with, okay, do I take down these old videos where I wasn't necessarily being, I think, like saying horrible things or horrible messages, but I would do a try on haul and I would say things that were really rooted in diet culture and rooted in that is still that journey of trying to overcome that. And so sometimes people who would find my channel now or find my channel like a year ago would say, Hey, I, I saw this video on my recommended from four years ago. And I was really surprised at what you were saying. <laughs> and so then I would go, Oh my gosh, I have to, I have to private that video. I don't want anyone mm-hmm. to see this and think that that's what I still believe and how I still talk about myself. And then I realized, you know what? For some of them, yes, I think it depends on what I'm saying and how I'm saying it. But for some of them, I do think it's helpful to leave that content up because it shows the journey and it shows mm-hmm. that I I did not I was not always confident and happy and satisfied in who I am and my body and my appearance and it really was a journey and my content is kind of a roadmap of that journey. Wow. And the I was just about to ask you that by the way because I know that you made a decision to delete some of your old Instagram photos that were a little bit more edited. Mm-hmm. Um And so, yeah, I was wondering how you approach that with the videos. And I think the positive byproduct of that is also that some people that otherwise wouldn't have found like the body positivity movement and their own self-love journey, they may have not even been so drawn to it if you didn't give them that gateway. It's like, I always, um, whenever I create content, I'm always like, like, what's something that they're going to understand? Because some people are just so extreme and people just reject it before they can even read it or or take a look at the message because they're just scared of it. Whereas if it's like a more of a progression and they get to kind of follow the journey along and they don't feel so alone and you're using language that actually is like, like you're in their head basically, then that almost gets so many more people in that otherwise maybe wouldn't have been. 
Right, right. And I think that all comes back to looking back at where we started and on our self-love journeys. And, you know, I, I know your story and kind of your journey. And I think the best way to really do that is I try to look at my content. I'm like, I don't think this message would have been received by 18 year old me. I don't think, Mm. you know, this, sometimes we really do have to get down to like the basics and, you know, confidence and self-love for beginners, because Mm-hmm. A lot of the things that I, I talk about now, not I don't think 18-year-old me would necessarily understand and, and mm-hmm. accept because we are so conditioned in this way of thinking and talking about our own bodies. And so it's one of those things where we do have to sometimes make sure there is that gateway for people who are this concept of loving yourself regardless of your size or your weight or your appearance and accepting yourself for who you are undefined by a number on a scale. It, it takes a while to get there. And so sometimes that concept is, it's a little far-fetched for uh, the world that we grew up in. Yeah, for sure. But what's so magnetic about you and all your videos and your content is that you you make it digestible, like in a way that people relate. And I think um, some of that, and I know you do this because you love it, like some of your fashion and lifestyle videos, like you have something for everyone. Like they can, people can go to your channel and like, style some outfits and get new tips. And they can also go to your channel and like be completely mind blown by the impact of diet culture and like a lot of self-love advice that you give and and all of those things that go a little bit deeper. And I just, I, I love the balance that you have of that. Like it doesn't feel exhausting or extreme. It just feels like a natural progression. Thank you so much. I think that's something I've I struggled with for a while is I think I I used to make videos where I'm more just sat down and talked about confidence and self-love and body positivity. And I realized that a lot of the times the people who need those messages the most aren't picking on picking videos and clicking on videos that are explicitly about that. Mm -hmm. And so I realized, yeah, I'll make videos about that kind of stuff sometimes. But sometimes also I'll make videos that are more broad and just fun and entertaining. And I'll sprinkle in that message where it makes sense. And so I think a lot of people, hopefully, can who need that message are clicking on videos because it just seems fun and entertaining and you know they can get some ideas about clothes and leaving with a little bit of that message that they didn't know they needed. Mm, that is so wholesome. I love that. You mentioned that you very much like learned about this publicly. How did like what was the turning point for you in your self-love journey? Like when did you realize that? you know, maybe I should love my body a little bit more or stop editing or maybe everything I see on social media isn't real. Or you talk a lot about like this, how the endless pursuit of weight loss, like doesn't really make you happy in the long run. Like when did you start realizing all of that? And and what was your gateway to that? Yeah, I think it was really gradual at first. And I think the catalyst was that first video I made talking about how to style clothes for a curvy body. And I learned so much from my audience, actually, because they were saying in the comments and they were DMing me of, oh, you know, I, I liked your video. You should watch this person's video or you should check out this person's Instagram. And so I really kind of fell into it from my audience. And I am forever grateful for them for opening my eyes to this world and this movement that has changed my life so drastically and just made me so much happier in who I am. But I think the biggest turning point for me was it was probably about two years into my channel. So this must have been... Well, it was a year and a half into my channel because it was before I got married. So 2016, I 
was at a family event and a relative showed me a photo of me from a time in my life when I was not the healthiest and I was not treating my body well or kindly. And I was in that endless pursuit of weight loss. And this relative showed me this photo and said, um, this should be some inspiration for you because you shouldn't get married while you're fat. And I broke down. I sobbed. I was so upset. I was angry. I was almost more angry at myself because I believed it. And so I had this just awful day and this just spiral of, you know, of that cycle of going back into that cycle. Well, I'm going to prove her wrong because I am going to lose weight and I'm going to prove her wrong because I am going to look great on my wedding day. And then I kind of stopped and I had a conversation with my mom about it. My mom had, you know, her own struggles throughout her life of confidence and that pursuit of weight loss. And so we had this conversation and I left that conversation realizing that the best revenge on that person is not going out and doing exactly what they think I should do to be able to have a beautiful wedding day. But it's actually doing, in spite of that, loving myself the way I am, regardless of my size. It's saying that my how how great my wedding is and how great my marriage is is completely unaffected by the size on the inside of my tag or the number on the scale. And it kind of came from that place of I'm well, I'm gonna show you, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna prove to you that I don't need what you think I need. And that moment was huge for me and still to this day is huge for me because I think that's when I realized that it's time to end this cycle. The way to to prove this person wrong is not to punish my body, is not to get back into these unhealthy habits. It is to truly and authentically love myself. I think I speak for a lot of our listeners when I say I'm crying, like actually have tears (laughs) down my face. That is the most beautiful story I've ever heard. And just the way you tell it is captivating. I'm wondering like the conversation with your mom, is that what led to this realization or like, like do you do therapy? I don't know. I do so much therapy (laughs) and like life coaching. And so is, is, was that like, what, like, how do you go from, I'm crying. I had this horrible day because of something somebody said to me about my body to wait a second, F that, like, screw that. I need to love my, like, how do you go from one to another, like the in-between? I think a big piece of it was that the seeds had already been sowed by my audience, turning me onto these body positive influencers and these self-love influencers. And so I had already... I already had those messages in my head, right? I just didn't truly believe it yet. Mm-hmm. And I had already kind of started to change my thinking a little bit, but I had this conversation with my mom and the person who said this to me had also been a similar influence on my mom throughout her life. Mm-hmm. And so when I had this conversation with my mom about how how hurtful those things were to my mom when that person would say those things to her and how my mom struggled so much with what that person had said to her, And I realized that, you know, I don't want to spend my whole life trying to impress this person because that is a fruitless cause that is only going to make me miserable. And I don't need to prove to this person that I am valuable because of my size. I need to prove to this person that I am valuable in spite of how I look. It has nothing to do with how I look. And also through talking to my mom, I realized that this, the, the prejudice that this person had against women who are not 
you know, a traditional acceptable size was stemming from that person's own insecurities and own dislike of her, of her size and her appearance and her, how she spent her entire life just on that pursuit of thinness. And I realized that is not the life I want. I do not want to have such negative thoughts about myself that I put that onto anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, so it really was just a huge turning point for me and being pregnant. I think about that a lot and how not only is it what you say to other people that affects how they view themselves, but it's also what you say about yourself. And so I think that's mm-hmm. kind of given me a whole new uh, like inspiration to be kind to myself and be kind to my body is mm-hmm. knowing that my daughter is going to look at me and how I say, how I talk about myself and how I treat myself and model herself after me. And I need to, of course, you know, I'm, I'm going to do everything I can to say to her that she's beautiful and she's powerful and she is worthy, but it matters just as much what I say about myself. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. What I'm kind of like, seen is that like you said at the beginning that obviously there's no like one thing that makes you love yourself it's just like these pieces of the puzzle and yes. even in that one story in the evolution of it, it was like okay this conversation with my mom and her saying essentially me too and this is what I went through and then having like the emotional intelligence to be like wait a second this person is obviously projecting onto me and then mm-hmm. the piece of the puzzle with your audience and like what what who they've been kind of recommending and who you've been following on social media um and then thinking about like the kind of person that you want to be and all of these pieces of the puzzle just kind of like came together to create a turning point mm-hmm. and that's what's so beautiful is that it it comes together and a lot of people are like oh well i just need this one big grand event or this like one course or one book that i'm going to read and it's going to change my life but the reality is that like you set yourself up for that. Like, even though this situation happened, it's like, it it came with a lot of preparation. Yes. And if I think if that conversation had happened without me already having slowly found the body positive community, I don't think I would have had the same reaction. And so I think it's like you said, that conversation was, you know, the one big piece of the puzzle clicking, but it wouldn't have happened without all the little pieces surrounding it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I have a very similar story, like a, a synopsis is I was sitting at my naturopath's office and she went through a very similar journey as I did with um, fitness and like competing and hating her body and then learning to love her herself and embracing a lot of like natural remedies for, for healing, not just her body, but also her mind after going through such intense uh, fitness competitions. And one day I came to her and I remember I was sitting with like a pillow over my stomach because, mm-hmm. you know, it's like the notorious trick of like hiding your stomach when you're sitting. And I was like sitting in her office and I'm like, Dr. Mayor, I just don't know why I keep binge eating. Like, what is going on with me? What is wrong with me? And she's like, honey, you're just so stressed. Like, you're just so stressed. And all of that stress is 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 affecting you. And I like kind of lost it on her. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I'm not stressed. Like it's, I was in college. So I'm like, I don't have classes. Like I'm, I'm not even working. Like I have a supportive, loving family. Like everything's fine. Like people have it so much worse. Like what could I possibly be stressed about? And she goes, worrying about what other people think about you all the time is fucking stressful. It's exhausting. Yeah. Exhausting. And it was like some kind of, I mean, t- totally different stories, but I also had certain seeds planted 
from her, from, you know, just changing my lifestyle and stuff I was reading and learning about. But then her saying that was like this tipping point Mm -hmm. because it just hit me. And it's like, what could I be doing with all the emotional energy and all the time that I spend worrying about what other people are thinking about me? What could I be doing with that emotional energy and that time? Where would I be? What would I have created? And it, I think what you've built now is absolutely the proof to that. That when you let go of spending all that time worrying about what other people are thinking and what you look like to them, you free up this creativity and this time to create something amazing like you really have. Mm, Thank you. Yeah. It's brain space. Like it takes up brain space. Right. Yeah. How you mentioned that you're pregnant and I believe (laughs) you're having a baby girl, right? I am. Yeah. Yeah. I am 17 weeks. Uh, How exciting. Congratulations to you and your husband and your family. Um, How are you hoping to instill body confidence in your daughter? Because I'm sure you've thought about it a lot, talked about it with, with your husband and just what are, what are some of the like big components that you've landed on? Oh yeah. I, you know, at first, when I first heard that I was having a daughter, that was the scariest thing to me is realizing this lifelong struggle so far. Now I'm only 20, 24, so it hasn't been too long of a life, but the lifelong struggle that I've had up until this point of self-love and confidence and, you know, just overly obsessing with this pursuit of fitness and it took me so long to get out of it. And so, oh my gosh, is is my daughter going to have that same struggle? And how can I make sure that she doesn't? And so that was kind of my first worry was really, oh, I, I just hope that she can feel confident in herself from the beginning. And so I, I thought a lot about that. And I you know talked a lot about it with my husband. And I think what it's come to for us is we won't be able to control every influence in her life forever, but we can control the platform and the base that we build up for her in her childhood and the early influences that we allow in her life. And it's really important to us to make sure that she never feels like there are good foods and bad foods, that she never looks at herself and and thinks about the flaws that are there as the first thing. And that she doesn't look to me and see these unhealthy habits and this self-hatred, but she can look to me and hopefully see someone who is happy with themselves and confident regardless of their size and has a good relationship with food and with exercise. And it's really made me realize, you know, I, I'm I'm very proud of where I am now on my on my journey, but I still have a ways to go. And it's really inspired me to make sure that I am very cognizant of the language that I use about myself when she is here. Mm, yeah, that is honestly the biggest thing. I mean, I think about it. My my mom has also had her own struggles with um, her body and eating and everything. And I was just thinking about like, if I could only hear her say like kind things about her body mm-hmm. in place of all those negative things she said, like how would have my trajectory changed? And not that yes. I regret anything or I blame her or anything because I know that we all live in diet culture. Um, but even that like such seemingly minor tweak can make the biggest difference. Right, right. I don't want my daughter to grow up and on Thanksgiving hearing people talk about how they have to, you know, now go work off what they ate or that mm-hmm. they feel so gross or whatever it is. I don't want her because they mimic that. And I, and I mimic the same things that I saw from the women in my life from a young age. And so 
now that I'm aware of it, I think it's so much easier to fight against that. But it is, it's a generational thing. And, and it's something that when you grow up in, it is so hard to shape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. It is. Um, and being that safe space, like for, for your daughter and for your future children, and just even the people around you, right? Like I'm sure your friends, they probably see you as a breath of fresh air because you're the one person probably in their life that doesn't talk like that. And that, that just changes. So <laughs> yeah, it, just, it changes a lot of lives. I mean, literally people who don't even realize it, like they kind of, they feel something different, I'm sure. Yeah. And I think, you know, my family and friends have seen what a positive impact YouTube and the body positive community has had on me. And it's been really wonderful to be able to kind of share that message with them in any way that I can. And Mm -hmm. I've been able to, as I go on this journey, see the people in my life around me go on this journey and change the language that they use about themselves and change the way they think about themselves. And it's really wonderful. And I'm very grateful that now at this point, the, the people who are the closest to me and the people who are around me are also on the same journey and trying to make the same changes and talking about themselves and others in such a a positive way, which makes the a world of difference in my own journey. Mm, yeah. I, so going off of that, I'm wondering, like, how has your husband been about body positivity and self-love? I mean, you met him before you were a YouTuber because he was the one that suggested that you start a YouTube channel. Do you mm-hmm. feel like he's kind of grown with you in that way? Or has he always been just kind of more relaxed about his body image because I know I I recently did an episode with my boyfriend and he opened up to me about the things that were on his heart about his body and that I was actually you know the one to change his views on that too um so I'm wondering how that's been for for you and him and your relationship yeah it's been it's been really interesting my husband grew up with his parents are amazing they are the nicest most loving positive people and he grew up with uh, just one brother. And so body image really wasn't an issue in his house. He didn't really grow up around a lot of the same diet culture messaging that I did. Um, and he never... When, when we talked about it, he's like, I never really thought about my body until I was in middle school. And then it was that he felt like he was too skinny. And so he would always try to eat more and more and more. Um, and he felt a little bit insecure about being so thin. But as he got older, it wasn't really something that was on his mind until he met me and, you know, saw the journey that I was going on with body positivity and realized that there is this whole world of just diet culture and self-deprecation and just kind of self-hatred almost that so many people and women especially grow up in. And so it was so, it was so always so interesting talking to him because like when I had that breakthrough um, the day with my relative, I remember talking to him that night and be like, and I just realized that losing weight isn't going to make me happy. And he was like, well, duh, like, yeah, of course. <laughs> and I was like, and I realized that like, I don't need to be thin to be valuable. And he was like, yes, of course. Like to him, that was, uh, of, of course, what, what is the other answer? Like he, it was just a very foreign concept to him. And he said, it's been very eye opening for him to watch me go through this journey and to also watch me interact with the people who watch my videos. And, you know, I remember this one moment where this, this girl came up to me at Disneyland and she was probably 14 or 15 and she was crying and just saying, you know, how this horrible struggle she's had with her body image and her self-love and, you know, how much my content has helped her. And when 
the conversation when the, when the conversation was finished and Steven and I walked away, he was like, I, he was like, my heart is breaking. I can't believe that girl feels that way. I can't mm-hmm. believe she, she feels like, but you know, before she found her content, she felt that way about her body. And it was another one of those moments where I was like, yes, even mo- I think most girls feel that way about mm-hmm. their body. And mm-hmm. I think for him, that's just such a foreign concept. And so it's really this whole journey of YouTube and my old, my own journey of self-love has really kind of opened his eyes to this struggle that so many people and women especially go through that he was kind of unaware of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It must be so grounding to have somebody that's like, uh, yeah, duh. Like what yeah. else? <laughs> it is, yeah. Um, to have someone who's just like, well, of, of course, of course your, your size doesn't matter. Of course, mm-hmm. you know, you're valuable as you are. And I'm like, yeah, no, you're, you're right for sure. But like, how come you get to just think that? That took me 20 mm-hmm. years to figure out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, the the different struggles. I mean, I, I know men have their own struggles, but it's in different ways. And that's that's one of the ways that in general is how we differ. Um, for me and my partner, it it was like he he nothing ever like severe, but we went from like when we first met hearing him with his family talk amongst themselves about, I don't know, a certain family member who gained weight or maybe like he would eat a lot and he'd be like, oh my God, I feel so gross. I feel so full. And like over the, like the past two years that we've been together, it went from like that kind of just things that I guess most people consider normal small talk or just normal (laughs) things to say, which obviously to us, it's like, uh, no, we don't talk that way to like him literally sticking up to like his own family and being like, um, we don't talk about people like that. And just changing the subject. That. Yeah, it's been beautiful to watch for sure. But it, it's also came with the realizations similar to you, like people coming up to me or him seeing some of the comments that get left on my posts and, and everything. And, and their eyes just kind of get open to so much. And they become, they, they become like this support system and like a very big way, a big, beautiful way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I, I really think a lot of the times, especially for men, who have not grown up with a lot of those same struggles, they don't realize how vast this issue is. And I think for women and and men and non-binary people who have gone through that struggle of just not having confidence and not having self-love, it's it's shocking to us when people are unaffected by it. I'm like, wow, what what would my life be like if I had never worried about my weight what would my life be like if I had always had a healthy relationship with with food and with exercise and I I'm forever grateful that I have been able to make those changes and and find this community and it absolutely warms my heart when you know we talked about getting comments from people especially people who are in their teens but one of the things that just warms my heart is when I get comments or messages from people who are in their 50s or 60s and are saying I am just now discovering this movement of self-love and acceptance and it is changing my life and I just it absolutely warms my heart that at any point in your life you can come across this kind of lifestyle change of accepting yourself and loving yourself and it will change you and change your life Mm, yeah I got goosebumps do you get those messages probably from people who have like daughters and grandkids and they're like I just sent your your YouTube channel to all of my grandkids (laughs) it makes me so happy. I love getting messages from people who are, you know, watch my videos with their daughter or their Mm. sister, or it just, it makes me so grateful because I would not, I would not be where I am 
at, on my own journey and being able to share those messages had it not been for people creating content like that, that opened my eyes. And so mm-hmm. it makes me feel grateful that I am in some small way able to give, give that message back to more people mm-hmm. and spread that message. Ah, what a full circle moment and you deserve every bit of it. Um, so my last couple of questions for you is this one actually came from a follower because I asked them, what do they want me to ask you? And I think oh, yay. What, <laughs> what a lot of people are thinking is how has pregnancy affected your journey? Like I, like I told you before we started recording, so many of my friends are pregnant, having babies, and they've had all different experiences. And the general consensus is like, I feel so grateful for what my body does as opposed mm-hmm. to what it looks like. And pregnancy helps you realize that. But I, I'm wondering how has that evolution been for you? Yeah, I think, you know, overall, so far in my pregnancy, and I'm just shy of, of halfway through, I have my eyes have been open to this whole new appreciation for what my body is capable of and this gift of a child that my body is giving to me. And, you know, I struggled with uh, miscarriages before I was able to get pregnant. And so it's to me, it's like this, this really is this gift that my body is giving to me of being able to to grow a human inside of me. Um, and I'm just, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for every stretch mark and every pound and every inch of my body. And so even though it can be very uncomfortable and, you know, a very, a very strange experience really for my body to be going through this massive metamorphosis, I'm, I'm so grateful for it at this point in my pregnancy. And I am kind of bracing myself for later in pregnancy being possibly having a difficult time with body image changes as my body continues to grow. Because I think one of the really interesting things about pregnancy that isn't often talked about is as a society, we tell women, you should not gain weight. You should not do this. You should not do that. You should not eat this. You should not eat that. And pregnancy is giving, it gives you a socially acceptable momentary pass to gain weight. But um, that pass is quickly ripped away by society and diet culture when your pregnancy ends. And so I am trying to be really cognizant of making sure that I continue that appreciation for my body after pregnancy and at the end of my pregnancy and don't fall into that that messaging of, you know, the, you have to get back to your pre-pregnancy size and you have to do this and you have to do that when that pass is revoked. And so there are a lot of really great uh, influencers who I'm following now who talk about pregnancy and childbirth in a very body positive way. And so I'm trying to make sure that I am preemptively getting those messages into me so that I don't fall into that unhealthy cycle. Mm, Yeah, that's, that's what my friends have been talking about who just had babies. They're like, nobody talks about postpartum. (laughs) Like, yeah, nobody talks about not, not, I think when we think of body image, like, when we're not pregnant, we're like, oh, I either gain weight or I lose weight. And how I feel about my body is usually in relation to one of those things. Whereas pregnancy, it's not just like gaining weight or losing weight after baby. It's like your your shape changes, like your skin changes, like mm-hmm. even your hair and nails, like so many things about your body change. Um, and you're right. Like what all my girlfriends have been saying is like, why doesn't anybody talk about this? Like even my right. mom didn't tell me this. Right. No, it's so true. And I think I am so grateful to the influencers out there who are sharing about their postpartum and pregnancy experience with such a a positive 
light on it. And two of my favorite currently pregnant uh, self-love influencers, Grace F. Victory and The Bird's Papaya. Highly recommend yes. for any of you pregnant ladies out there. Their messaging is so helpful for me. I was literally just about to bring both of them up. Like, I feel like you've read by my did. That's so weird because it's so specific, like two very specific accounts, but they were the first people that came into my mind. I love that. I love that. Yeah, they're fantastic. They're they're just so great in so many ways. Just the journey, right? I love that you keep using the word journey because that's really what it is. You know what's so funny is people ma- roast me, make fun of me so much for calling everything a journey. It's my hair journey and my confidence journey <laughs> and my my your peloton journey, your peloton, peloton journey, journey. <laughs> but you know um, i i'm appreciative of every journey in my life and uh it's, it's been a journey even this podcast a great journey <laughs> yeah i mean out of all ways you could think about something like if that's your default like you're just miles ahead of how so many other people are thinking about it and it's it's beautiful as, as funny as it is um a, one last like selfish style question Ooh. you when i look at you and i've told my boyfriend this i'm like sarah just has such a healthy or seemingly now correct me if if this is different behind the scenes but it seems like you have a very healthy relationship with not just social media but also like being a content creator and the things you share between your stories your instagram stories your youtube videos and your posts and how they're just very authentic and and it just never feels like you're stressed about it and two parts of this question, like one, I've also, I also know you've done some social media breaks and I I Mm want to know about that um, and how that's helped you. Like, what do you think helps you have a balance if you do have it? Um, And how are you going to like approach, how have you been approaching and how are you planning on approaching the content creation with having a baby and, um, you know, like maybe privacy or like growing a family um, or just like being in the moment, like that balance between like being in the moment and creating content for social media, because with your platform, so many of those things are intertwined. Like, mm-hmm. what is that like for you? Yeah, you know, it's it's a journey, but uh, it really is. You know, I think two or three years ago, I did not have a healthy work-life relationship. And I really was wrapped up in this toxic culture of productivity. And Tiffany Ferg on YouTube has a great video on productivity and and hustle culture. And I think I I took a lot of my value as a person when I stopped putting it on my size and my weight. I then started putting it on how productive I am and what what am I doing with my time. And I realized that also is not what defines me. And that also is not what necessarily makes me happy. And I need to find a balance of, of feeling productive and feeling... Uh, like I'm making the most of my time, but also just enjoying moments offline, enjoying moments of rest, playing video games, going on walks with my dogs, hanging out with my husband. And those things are more valuable to me than creating an extra video. And so I scaled back my upload schedule, I think a, a year ago, actually, I stopped doing two videos a week, I started doing one video a week. Um, and I just kind of shifted the way that I thought about creating content in that, you know, I love what I do. I am so freaking grateful that this is my job. But that doesn't mean that the moments that I spend away from my job aren't valuable. And I think both can be true that I love my job, and I'm grateful for it. But then I'm also grateful for the moments away from my job. And so when I stopped hustling so much and pushing myself so much and 
got on a more regular sleep schedule and prioritized my me time and my time with my husband and my time to move my body, I realized how much I appreciate those things. And so uh, actually, I'm really grateful that I kind of started that process earlier because I think had I gotten pregnant a year and a half ago, the transition to kind of a lighter work life, a, a lighter workload when the baby is here would have been very difficult. But now I feel really ready for it. My plan is to take a maternity leave after I give birth of probably three months, I'm thinking. I haven't figured out the exact details, but I think it's going to be really important for me to not just pre-film a bunch of content before or film while I'm on my maternity leave and really just take time to enjoy the first few months of my daughter's life and really try to be present in in, in those times. But also, I can still share pieces of my life that I'm comfortable sharing and that are uh, easy for me to share. And so it, it truly is a balance and it's something I'm always figuring out. But I think I'm in a much better place now than I was a year ago where my claim to fame a year ago was that I had never missed an upload. I had never missed mm-hmm. one of my Friday uploads. And I realized that's not necessarily healthy. Maybe I should miss a couple uploads. And so when mm-hmm. I got pregnant, I took a month off from YouTube and mostly from Instagram as well. And it was really good for me. And I came back feeling refreshed and excited. And so I'm still figuring out the details of what life will look like for me as a full-time content creator and also a mom. But I feel good about where I am now kind of moving into that transition. Mm, I love that. That is so inspiring to me, like on a on a personal level, because I totally feel you. Like once I took the focus away from controlling food in my body, then it was like productivity and mm-hmm. hustle culture is so toxic. And I'm going to link that video in the show notes that you mentioned, Tiffany, what was her last Tiffany name? Ferg. Tiffany Ferg. I'm going to link that because I'm going to watch that. Now. I'm also reading a book called How to Do Nothing. And it's Ooh. all about, it has some like undertones of like how um, with capitalism, right? You get paid per the hour and the more you work, the more money you make and the more useful you are, quote unquote. And the funny thing is the author is actually a like Silicon Valley tech person, I think, or something she lives in Silicon Valley. And yeah, and so it's this paradox of like, she wrote this book called How to Do Nothing. Meanwhile, she was in the depths of hustle (laughs) culture (laughs) and Barack Obama actually put her on his, uh, on his book list. And, and my friend Zoe got me this book for the holidays. So I'm really excited diving into that and all of it, like everything you said, it's inspiring. It makes sense to me. But then the fear underneath it is that like, if I don't show up, then I'm going to lose everything I worked hard for. And so I'm wondering if you've like thought about that and your audience is loyal for obvious reasons and they will always be there for you. Um, But next year, for example, like I'm coming up on a few big launches and big projects that I've been working on for literally over a year. And I would hate for them to be like a flop because yeah. I didn't show up fully, you know, right now. Um, so yeah, do you, have you ever had that fear about you like just showing up online as a creator? Oh, I have that. I have that fear every day still. And, you know, uh, I, I get into that self-doubt spiral whenever. So YouTube ranks your videos out of the last 10 on how they perform. And if I have a video ranked 10 out of 10, I'm like, all right, this is it. It's been a good run. Thank you, everyone, for watching. And my channel is going downhill forever, right? And then the next video is fine. Um, and so what I really tried to do to try to get out of that, and I was still definitely working on it, but it's just understanding that 
A, I'm so grateful for anyone who watches my videos. And so if a video gets 100,000 views or a million views, I'm grateful for every person that's watching it. And so I shouldn't count a video as a failure because it got half the views of a previous video because I'm still... A lot of people are still giving me their time and giving me their attention on this this thing I've created. And so just really trying to think of the the gratitude that I have to them for each person who's watching rather than just looking at the the numbers and the analytics. And also being okay if if my my audience goes down and if my videos start getting less views and if my audience is smaller, being just being okay with that and being like, you know what? It, that's okay. Because if I take three months off for my maternity leave and my audience is half what they were when I come back, I have to be okay with that. And I have to accept that I made the choice and I made the sacrifice and ultimately that was best for me. And so I think also that has really changed the way that I, I think about my content and think about what I'm creating. Mm, totally makes sense. And like, yeah, when I hear you talk about it, I'm like, yeah, of course she needs time off. And not to mention you're having a baby, like <laughs> take all the time. I will still be here. But it's just like you said, it's that self-doubt creeps in. And when we're on the other end, we don't feel that way in our heads. Right, right. And I think it is so easy to to tell yourself, oh, well, you know, if I if I would have worked harder, if I would have done this extra thing, then then they would still be here. Think about how much better it would be. And it's so important to be like, no, you know what? The time that I'm taking for myself has value. Mm. You know what's interesting that just hit me? Talk about full circle is that we started this conversation saying nearly those exact words when it comes (laughs) to body image. Yeah. Right? And it's like the same, like literally even the same phrases, right? Like if I would have worked harder, then I would have been all this stuff. But then at the end, like, realizing that no that's not where my worth comes from that's not where my happiness comes from like those who are meant to stay will stay and i'm still worthy and and valuable and great as just a human being oh my gosh so true i i'd never drawn that that comparison before but wow that is and and you know what i think the problem is is we sometimes when we conquer one thing you know we conquer our worth coming from our weight or coming from our size, we we put it on something else. And I think that brings it back to where does our value really come from? And where does your worth as a person, where do you really define that from? Because you can't just take it from your weight and put it on your productivity because you know that fixes one problem, but it causes another. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's really important for all of us. And I think everyone's answer is going to be different, but like, where does your, where do you draw your value? Is it on your kindness? Is it on your family? Is it on your friends, on your religion? Where do you draw your power and your confidence and your worth, really? Mm, Amen to that. I feel like this whole conversation has been a mix of like, it's so great to connect and talk with somebody who's like-minded and fangirling and also some philosophizing. That doesn't sound like a word. (laughs) Philosophizing (laughs) and like a selfish kind of rejuvenating almost therapy session like because I feel like I relate to so much and that is advice that we're all practicing I think like you said in just different regards and different capacities and couldn't agree more like determining where your value is and and where it comes from and not making it related to materialistic things or a number or things that are that are fleeting and that you know are destined to not make you feel the way you want to feel 
Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I like, I feel exactly the same way. I'm leaving this conversation feeling so good and so happy. And I, I am so grateful for you having me here. And anytime you want to do this, whether it's a uh, recorded or not, just for us, I am always down. <laughs> oh my God. Did Sarah Schultz just ask me on a date, you guys? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I love that. <laughs> I am I am here. I mean, you might regret that when I'm like FaceTiming you all the time, but <laughs> we'll get there when we get there. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Sarah, for your time, your wisdom, just your light and positivity. I adore you. And I know everybody is going to go follow you right now. If they don't already, you are at Schultzy on Instagram, correct? Yes. Thank you so much. Two Z's. Two Z's. And your YouTube channel, Sarah Schultze, and you will find your vlog channel there as well. Um, and is there anywhere else that people can find you or connect with you or any any last words that you want to leave us with? Ooh, you know, I think that's also TikTok. You can find me on TikTok. Ooh, um, I do love uh, your you TikTok. Know, oh, thank you. I, I just, I'm grateful for anyone who took the time to listen to this and listen to to Mary and I chat and open up. And um, for any of you guys who are listening to this and also follow me, just thank you for everything. And thank you, Mary, for having me. I I just love what you do. And I'm so grateful uh, that we got to have this conversation. You are the best. The pleasure is mine. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, I hope you enjoyed this conversation and stay tuned for the next episode. Bye, Bye. everyone. <laughs>